Today on the podcast, we have my friend Madison Chicone. Y'all are not going to want to miss this conversation. Mads is a dynamic speaker, coach, and podcast host empowering women with confidence and authority. She transitioned in 2016 from Hollywood's party girl scene to a soul cycle instructor, and she has been a hype girl since then, inspiring thousands who flock to her classes in Boston. Beyond the bike, Madison shares relatable stories and resources on her Wicked Fearless podcast, encouraging female leaders to embrace their uniqueness. Definitely make sure to check out this entire episode. Connect with her on Instagram, which the link will be in the bio here or in the in the show notes. Catch her Soul Cycle class whenever you're in Boston. And I actually was also recently on her podcast, so I will drop that link in the show notes as well. Check it out. And yeah, definitely share on social and tag both of us. to Human on the Daily, the podcast for anyone wanting to break free of any boxes or expectations and embrace their full authentic self. I am Dr. Megan Daly and I have been there. I've overcome so much trauma, dealt with so many stressors like competing in high-level athletics, rigorous academics, getting my doctor in physical therapy, and I did what I should do, right? I climbed the corporate healthcare ladder. And when that didn't make me feel fulfilled, I branched out and opened up my own cash clinic and built it to six figures in the second year. Yet I still felt like something was off when I looked in the mirror and maybe you can relate. So I scaled back and really dove into the questions of who am I really and what is it that I am meant to do? So together in this podcast, we are going to dive into all the tips, tools, and experiences for you to answer those same questions for yourself so you can live your best, most joyful and fulfilled life. Because if you're not doing that, then what the fuck are you really doing? So let's fucking go. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Human on the Daily. And I am so pumped to have Maddie on here today. Mads, I actually first got introduced to you. I don't know if you even know this, like through your gratitude journal. Um, I was actually a volunteer at the Powerhouse Women event this year. And so I was stuffing the bags and was like, I swear I've heard of this girl every single time I picked up a journal to put in the bags. (laughs) And yeah, now I've been using that particular journal every single morning. It's I love it. Um, in addition to like, I don't know if you know this. So I have, I also have a published journal, but I love yours of how simple it is and how it's set up. I always talk about mine doesn't have dates on it and it doesn't have a calendar attached to it to avoid people going into a shame spiral of missing a day. And I love that yours has space to put a date at the top, but there is no like structure to it that could potentially put someone in there. So anyways, I will shut up about how I met you. No, it's amazing for you to just intro yourself. Who who are you? Like let the listeners know how amazing you are. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much. And that's so cool. And you know, what's so funny. I feel like I actually remember you from a few years ago, standing up and asking a question at powerhouse women. And I don't remember what it was at the time. But I was like, oh, I know her. So it's like we've been in each other's orbit, I feel like, for a while. And now we're like making it happen. So I love yeah. this. Um, yeah. So my name is Madison Chaconi. I am a speaker and a coach and a podcast host. And I am a speaker and coach by way of Soul Cycle. So I've been teaching there for the better part of a decade. And then just through what I do on the podium, motivation and inspiration and putting on a show every day, that really led me to wanting to do more outside 
the four walls of soul cycle. And so that's really what began my coaching and my speaking. And obviously the podcast, they're all kind of extensions of a performance because I kind of feel like I am a performative person. So it all kind of meshes well. And that's, that's really what I'm, what I'm up to these days. Honestly, that's like the Judy Bloom version of me. And I know we'll get into so many other things, but <laughs> that's like the short and skinny elevator pitch for sure. Oh, I love it. And because I know that by the time like we finish this episode, people are going to be like, okay, what's her podcast? So give like a quick little elevator pitch for your podcast. What's it called? All the fun stuff. Yeah. So my podcast is titled Wicked Fearless, and that's pretty much across all my branding is Wicked Fearless. So uh, Wicked is from Boston. I live in Boston. And when I was trying to come up with like, you know, duh, duh, uh, duh, I was like, Wicked, like <laughs> Wicked. We use that all the time. So um, that is the name of the podcast and also like my group coaching, all that stuff. So it's kind of like the red thread through a lot of parts of my business. Um, so that's where you can go find it. Yeah, I think, and that's, it's too funny and so true, right? Like people just kind of associate the word wicked with like, that's such a Boston thing. You totally. and I, I feel like the two people that I associate with are you and then my friend, Judy Holler, who's also been on this yeah. show. Like both of you say wicked. <laughs> I love Judy. Okay. Yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, both of you very much embody wicked fearless too. And one of the things that I want to talk about that... I, I honestly cannot remember if I heard you talk about this on a podcast or in your Instagram post, probably both, but cringe. And there's a, Oh yeah. yeah. Being wicked fearless and being willing to be cringe. And there's, I think it was in a caption you wrote, you said the level of cringe you can embrace is the level of freedom you can expect. So I would love for you to really dive deep into that. Cause I think that is so powerful. And this whole podcast is really about breaking out of expectations. And I feel like there's mm. such this like, disconnect between what people are expecting and then being willing to be cringe. Yeah. So cringe is kind of, it's so interesting that you mentioned Judy, because this was something that Judy and I really like noodle on, on her podcast, this whole idea of cringe and how that really has to do with, I think more your social presence and like the outward persona that other people perceive you as, and really just being unwilling to kind of mess up or do say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or have a have a post flop or you know you could take this to the nth degree if you will um but really just not allowing yourself any room to figure it out right we are in this era in society where everything looks picture perfect, where everything is through a filter and glossed over and camera, like the camera work that this, the production of it all is so intense. And what that does is it really ramps up our perfectionism. It really ramps up that whole like, oh, well, who am I to do this? Like, look at all these other people doing all this amazing stuff. It really ramps up that evil voice inside us, that inner mean girl, as I like to say, of all the reasons why we shouldn't do something or why we can't do something. Um, and again, that that saying of like, who am I to do this? So cringe and you know the level of cringe, it's like, go for it. The, the flop, the rough draft being able to kind of fall flat on your face. Like when I think about this, I really think about, I grew up cheerleading, dancing, gymnastics, like throw the stunt, like throw the backflip, um, do the thing and then learn from it so you can get better. But I feel like the place where people get so stuck with their own cringe or whatever is swirling around in their head is almost like you're standing at the edge of the diving board. And the longer you stand there, the scarier it gets. And like, Ooh. ah, then you're never going to do it. So it's like, just 
just throw yourself off into the deep end a little bit. And then you figure it out on the way down. You figure it out as you go. Um, and that's really, that's how I kind of embody quote unquote cringe. Cause everybody's going to think you're yeah. cringy when you're like, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, I have so many clients and people that are like, I can't talk to my phone. I can't do that. Like, who cares? And I'm like, literally pull out your phone and act like you are Kim Kardashian and like your life is like so interesting and so awesome and all the things like yeah. just do it. And um, I, I just think that that really stops people and obviously people's opinions always. That's always yeah. the reason, you know, when we really I love, dig love deep flipping behind that it. on people too. Like the, well, don't you yeah. get on Instagram and watch other people and it's not just celebrities. Okay. Then, then what's then the difference? What's the difference? Like, oh, that's so good. I love that. <laughs> I love it. and I think that's because that's what I needed so often was to like flip the script on myself like the practice what you preach in a such a radical responsible way where it's like okay if I'm not doing the thing but I'm cool with someone else doing it then what 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 the hell's the difference like why can't I do it yeah um and I love that diving board analogy that you get because it's so true right like the more that we wait the more like we don't need more information before we do the yeah. thing. We really don't. We allow that to be a scapegoat so that we can stay in our fear and stay stuck when 100%. it's really just doing ourselves a disservice versus jumping. Here's the secret that no one talks about enough. No one knows what the hell they're doing. No. Action breeds clarity. So once the, once you take that first jump off the diving board, that is going to help you figure it out along the way. But without that jump, like good luck. Like you're not going to yeah. get all the answers and we all strive for this perfectionism and let's be real. Who likes the picture perfect person anyways? Like this one who can't, doesn't do anything wrong, who doesn't show their humanness and who is perfect. Like no one likes them. <laughs> so yeah. why are we trying to, I always say, to be that person? Yeah. I always say the quickest way to kill connection is perfection. So, Ooh, you know, in this that. space where we want to connect more, you want to be in community, communion, togetherness, uh, the quickest way to kind of kill that is by trying to be perfect or trying to um, make everything fit in a box. Uh, yep. So like when you were teaching soul cycle, like if you messed up a move or like said, the wrong, like you just kind of laugh, turn it into a joke and move on. Yeah. But you know what? It takes time to get there. So I yes, think that's 100%. the other thing is, I think that's the other thing is it's so challenging when you're trying to talk to people about these things, because there's no easy button. There's no stamp of approval. No. You have to just do it over <laughs> and over again. It's like when, you know, someone goes through yoga teacher training or whatever they're training for right now. Um, you could read all the books and, and, you know, all the hypotheses and strategize and all the things, but the only way you truly learn is like the living, breathing bodily experience of it. It's in your lived yep. in experiences that you then get to actually be like, okay, so that didn't work. Yeah. Let's move on. Like one of the funniest stories, it was when I was first started teaching. I'll never forget. I was like a late class and I just thought this was going to be such an awesome song. Like we were going to just like rock out. And it was like 50 cent. It was like an old 50 cent song. I don't remember which one it was off the top of my head right now. And I remember it fell so flat and I was like so oh, no. mortified, <laughs> but I was like, okay, like that happened once. I probably won't play it again. Actually, now that we're talking about it, I might like bring it back just to see, just to see the, <laughs> the growth between, you know, six years ago, Madison and now. Um, 
But yeah, like you have the flop, you have the thing that doesn't work. And the more you're able to kind of shake it off, shrug it off and ask yourself empowering questions like, what can I do so that this doesn't happen again? Or what knowledge do I need to go acquire? Or what do I like? Mm. It's the what's not the why or the woe is me because the why and the woe is me is then putting you back in that place of stuckness and kind of breeding all those like icky, not good feelings. Yep. It'll keep you stuck. And in like, for lack of a better word for it, like a shame spiral a little bit, like you, but I love what you said, like putting the reps in, like, we don't know how it's going to be until we're actually in the experience ourselves. Right. Cause we're emotional, like humans are emotional beings. There are so yeah. many different things going into it. So you can have all the knowledge, but when you add the emotion into the experience and being in front of like, there's just so much. And so getting the reps in is really what will shine a light on where where the gaps are like like you said like okay is there more information that i need what works what doesn't like you won't know those things until you get into it for you it was a soul cycle for me like the first time i got on stage and spoke the first hell even a dance class but i promise you i'm gonna feel more connected to the person in the corner of the room that trips and is able to keep going versus the one who's picture perfect every single time like yes that is empowering and inspirational and I'm probably going to connect with the person that was okay with stumbling and falling on their face. And then it's like, all right, I'll learn from it because we're human. Yeah. A thousand percent. I love what tips do you have any tips? Cause like you said, it does take a lot of reps and a lot of time, but are there any like jumpstart tips and tools that you have learned along the way to help embody your humanness and be, and the cringe that comes with being human and being willing to just be yourself? So honestly, Megan, I have really tried to go back and find this kind of point where I was able to really let go of that. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Like any of this work we're talking about, it still comes up for me. I think I even posted something on my story today of like all the posts that I currently have to have on my mirror because my own self-talk is talking a little loud right now. Is it because I'm waking up in the dark? Is it because it's 30 degrees here in Boston today? Like, is it all these circumstances? You know what I mean? All these outside circumstances are then encroaching on like my inner and then like the narrative searches. So like, it's just about, I think somewhere along the line, I just got so sick of my own crap that I was like, you need to change. And I think for me, what I've clung to the most is discipline. I know that if I'm disciplined enough to do something over and over and over again, I'm going to get better, better at it. Like you said, the reps, Mm -hmm. the 10,000 hour rule really is so true. The more I do anything, the better I'm going to get at it. And I said this recently, I spoke on a panel and it was um, a really awesome panel. And I am so grateful and so honored every time I get to speak on them. And I was asked some kind of question. And the answer I said was, I'm like that little bit of fear, that little bit, like, that's what, you know, you're like in the pocket. Right. And uh, I call it nerve. I was talking about, okay. That's amazing. I used to, I used to like, um, Abby Wambach, who is a U.S. women's soccer player. Yes, um, I love her. She used to say, <laughs> yeah. She used to say skited, which I love too. It's like scared and excited. And then when they interject mm-hmm. kind of, so I remember sitting on the stage at this particular event and I was like, I'm not scared right now. I'm not scared at all. Like I am not scared. And I personally like when I get up to do something and I'm a little bit scared because that's when I know I'm like really in the pocket of greatness. Like I know I'm being mm-hmm. stretched. I know I'm going to learn and I know I'm going to be better off. And I also know when I go to do something bigger next time, like it's going to feel a little bit 
easier. So yeah, I wish there was some kind of real tool, but other than just really getting brave and focusing on how to stay courageous in the action and then also discipline, mm-hmm. I think that's really it. And, and I'm an athlete, so discipline has always been something I've lived in. And I've actually thought about this a lot because discipline's always kind of been a non-negotiable for me because I've always had a practice or something yeah. I have to be at. And there's literally actually never been in a time really in my life where I didn't have to be somewhere like, and at least in the last 10, almost, you know, going on nine years. But even when I was like in corporate, I would still wake up and go to the gym at like 4.30 because I was like, I need, like, this is what sets the tone for my day. This is what makes me better. And so I would really just, I think my like final answer would be discipline. (laughs) No, I love that. And and I've, I've definitely thought about that a ton too. Like, again, also a lifelong athlete. And I feel like like, you have that high achieving uh, female, like discipline, go, go, go. And the hard part that I think both you and I have like been able to figure out is taking that discipline and applying it also to self-care, to gratitude, to the things that set us up so that we can, like, it's still like a go hard. It's still a productive thing that we're doing when we take those, like what other people like quote unquote downtime, but it's still, it's still integral and it still is a disciplinary process. And that needs to happen in order to really lean into yourself and something else so that you can show up more as yourself. Cause something else that I love that I've seen on your page is you're the secret sauce. Like everyone's trying to figure out like, what's the thing that I do? How do I set myself apart? It's, it's you. And so can you speak to that? Cause I think that's just so beautiful how you honestly kept it so simple and so straightforward. Yeah. I think, you know, it goes back to the fact that we're constantly looking at what other people are doing and we then think we need to mold everything about ourselves like to that. When I feel like the best part of you and all that you are and like your quote unquote brand, if you were to be a brand and a brand standard about yourself is your personal lived in experiences and stories. So I am a huge storyteller. That is what I love to do. I think that's where that comes out of me in all the ways performatively. And like, that's what makes me so different because nobody else has those stories or that lens or that experience. Mm -hmm. And then what I pulled from it. So that's really where my superpower lies. And then tenfold by really being brave in those stories, you get to shine a light for other people that might be in their own darkness and kind of pull them out of it because you get to be an example of somebody that walked through it and came out of the other side. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, that is it. You are your secret sauce because nobody wants another version of what's already out there. And I talk about this at soul cycle as well as in group fitness. And, you know, this can apply to so many other fields, but I'm a huge DC Marvel universe girl. So I think of, you know, all the characters and all the people I love or the team X-Men, like we don't need another storm. We don't need another, whoever, we don't need another Iron Man. We have an Iron Man. What makes like the world, the the universe, the Marvel universe so great is that there's so many different characters and they all bring different things and superpowers. And that's how I kind of think of people. Like 
everybody has a little something different because their experience in this world has been different. And that's like what goes into their secret sauce. And so the more you can hone in on that and really stay true and grounded in that and rooted in that and tell your stories bravely, I think the more you're going to be, more people are going to seek you out because they're just going to say, wow, like me too. Or like, oh, she, Mm -hmm. I just, I see myself. That's so relatable. I feel seen, heard and appreciated by that person. Um, And that's really, that's really special and magical. Yeah. I love that. And I'm sure you've also even seen this with like as a podcast host, because I feel like going back to like, well, who am I? Like, who's going to listen to me? Like that shows up big time when you go to start a podcast and then you start telling more of your story. And it's been really neat to get the responses from people and see it shared and have people DM me and be like, oh my gosh, like me too. I resonated with this so much. And it just reaffirms. And I think that speaks so much to being willing to jump off the diving board and be the light for someone else who is trying to find someone that helps them feel seen and heard because we, right? Like if you've dealt with a struggle, there are going to be other people out there who have also dealt with it. And the reason why you feel alone right now is because no one else is talking about it. But if no one else is talking about it, maybe it's meant for you to talk about. And so I, and that is like you said, like your specific story, because I'm going to circle this back to something that you said earlier, that idea of kind of that imposter syndrome showing up and like, well, other people are doing something similar. Yeah, but they're not doing it like you would. They're not incorporating your story with it. And so being willing to take that leap off the diving board and share your story in and linking it to whatever it is that you want to do or whatever you're trying to go for. Like, like you said, circling back to you are the secret sauce that is going to be the difference. And there are people out there waiting on you to say it the way that you would say it. And it's not going to land with them until you do. Yeah. One, one great example of this is I saw Marie Forleo a few years back and she was talking about like this whole thing about how she was trying to, uh, her husband was trying to get her to like do a juice cleanse or do this green juice thing. And she was like, no, 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 not for me, blah, 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 blah. So she goes on and she tells the story and you know, her husband keeps telling her, oh, da, 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 you got to do this with me. You got to do this. She's like, no, I don't want to do it with you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, shakes them off, shakes them off, shakes them off. And I guess she went to maybe a yoga class or a dance class because we know she's a dancer too. And some woman there that like really connected her was like, you have to do this thing. And she was like, I have to do this thing. She goes home. She tells her husband, oh my God, you have to do this thing. He's like, I'm telling you about this for (laughs) months or whatever. So it, it really just is. There's so many of us that might be staying the same thing, but your unique story, intonation, delivery, all that is what makes it special. And there's always that point of connection. Yeah. And that brings up like, so I want to kind of tie it into part of what makes us all unique is we Mm -hmm. all have a slightly different why it's often tied into our story, but like, what's your deeper why with the things that you do and how you serve? I have always come back to, I really, really want to make people feel again, seen and heard and validated in their experience because there's nothing worse than thinking that you are alone in your thoughts, in your life, in your journey. Uh, 
one of my really great friends, Heidi always says, my mind's like a bad neighborhood. I shouldn't go there alone. And I really love that saying because it's like, we're not supposed to do these things alone. Like, have you ever tried to do something alone or you try to take it all on yourself or you take on the group project? I'm like a Virgo. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it all. And then you just like (laughs) collapse and it's not fun. And you're like, I hate this. This is awful. Or you just feel so lost and alone. And I think that that is why I serve. And also I I'm, I'm, a real believer in God. I think service brings you close to source. Like it keeps that constant conversation and connection. And I think that's really why we're put here is to elevate other people's experience on this earth too. So it's so funny that you asked that because I was going through so random. I was going through my Google drive, trying to find an old bio. Cause I was trying to rewrite my bio and like, you know, we're always sifting and working and shifting yeah. and picking different <laughs> synonyms and whatever. And there was an old pitch or something in there. And it asked, you know, like, what is your, what is, what inspires you? And and it was still in there. It was like to serve and inspire and then to make people feel more joy while they're here. Um, so it was very interesting to go back and see that throughout the past. I don't know how old this was, that the core values are still the same. That's yeah. like the golden the golden yes. thread throughout. I think that's such my a beautiful life or that's weaved in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really like our core values won't change, but how we apply them to serving can change, right? Like I bet that's, that's been your why since that bio, but how you show up and how you serve has shifted since then. It's why you, you were going back and trying to like tweak your bio a little yeah. bit, right? Like, I'm the same way. I, I actually like I'm an Enneagram seven. So like the chances of my bio being the same for more than a couple of years is, is basically (laughs) nil. Right. Yeah. Well, you should always be going back and like, yeah, we're all constantly growing and evolving. Like if your bio looks the same at age 22, when you get out of college to like your retirement age, like we probably have some other things to work through versus, (laughs) versus, being willing to change and evolve, but like those core values are going to stay. Like my core values of joy, community, and compassion were there as a doctor of physical therapy. They're there as a coach and speaker. They're there as a journal author. They're there as a podcast host. Like it just looks different because I've shifted how I felt called to serve. A thousand percent. I actually found the page where I wrote them down. And the question is, what drives you? And three simple words with such an impact. And basically, I wrote down helping people through tough times, being of service to those in need and spreading joy. So that has been a core of a lot of things I do. And again, it's molded and shifted. And, you know, whether it's on the bike or over here at the dining hall. There's so many different ways I can show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of unintentionally pigeonhole themselves into like, well, this is how I've been doing it. And this is how I have been serving this purpose. So I have to stay with that. And that's just not the case. So, and I I actually do want to circle back because I love, you kind of unintentionally gave a tip earlier on how to stay (laughs) true to yourself and how to remind yourself of your power. And it's the post-it notes. Oh, I have and them all having those post notes reminders of whether they're affirmations or they're little like reminders of like, hey, you're a badass, like you've got this. So I love that. But then as 
so if you put yourself back in like one of your pivots, what is, what's, did you have like a mantra or a specific affirmation or what like tool of any kind helped you more readily move through that pivot? I wish I had a better answer for this, but I actually think I'm in a major pivot right now. And I think that's why I have all the things all over the place. Yeah. I have all the tactical little trip wires and things all over the place. Like my husband thinks I'm psychotic because there's post notes all over our house. <laughs> They're on the fridge. They're like everywhere you would go to open something, right? Like my, my mm-hmm. mirror, my bathroom, my mirror on my closet, the fridge, like things like that. So every time I go to fill out my water, like they're literally right there. Um, I think I'm in a pivot now. And I think in previous times where I've been in a pivot, I don't know if I clung to like the post-it notes or a mantra as much. Like one of the most major pivots I think I went through was going from corporate and kind of getting fired or let go. I mean, they're kind of one in the same really. And, you know, switching to work as a studio manager at SoulCycle out in California. Like that was a huge pivot, huge pay cut, huge, all these things. I just think I was, I just had this different vivacious spirit. I think when you're younger, you also don't know any better. You kind of have like, um, there's a naivety that plays in your favor. Yes. Yes. It totally plays in your favor. And so you get laser focused on things and it is hundred percent to your benefit because I would just like have tunnel vision on yeah. We're going to do this. I joke with uh, my clients that they need to have embodied the confidence of a 21 year old life coach. Yeah. Oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, I love this because I, I know I'm on like the back end of a pivot, but it's still like kind of new. And so I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this that are also in. I feel like a lot of people are in some form of a pivot right now, whether it be their entire life professional career like personal, whatever. So I, I love, I love this. So I kind of want to like pivot this a little bit, this conversation and ask. So if you had to think of like what your, what's one block that you have right now that you are actively working through? A block for me, particularly right now, I am very much in comparison mode. And I know that Mm. my inner narrative needs to be better. And I think here's the thing where my, I get stuck, probably you get stuck where anybody gets stuck. We think that the work, there has to be this giant transitional thing. Sometimes you can't kind of like bust your way through it. Sometimes it's sitting (laughs) in it and just like, yeah. Sometimes it's just like the acknowledgement, like, wow, these are, these are really coming up a lot for me lately. What is that from? Is that because I'm kind of making a pivot? So now I don't feel as confident in myself because, you know, because I'm putting my identity in maybe a job or the amount of classes I taught or this or that, or these outside circumstances. So now that inner narrative is kind of chirping a little louder and I kind of have to pull the reins back a little and say, whoa, 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 we're not going to the badlands and really double down on all my practices so that I don't do those things that then spiral Mm -hmm. me even further. But I think where people think, they think they wake up one day and the work is all done. You know, it's all good. (laughs) We, We overcame that thing. It's constant. It's constant, constant, 
comes up every single time you try to grow and we say new levels, new devils. And some of those devils are kind of the same one. They're just showing up in a different capacity because it's, it's us being called to go even deeper. Like, yes, you broke through one layer of that thing. Okay. Let's go through the next layer. Like it's going to come up when you're growing. And I think you so beautifully talked about when that does come up, taking the pause, being willing to step back and get curious like allow that whatever's coming up to be a mirror of, okay, where do I need to dig deeper into this? Where, like what next layer needs to be uncovered so I can unlearn to relearn. So that curiosity I think is really key. Yeah. And like going back, I've literally been watching the secret on YouTube. Like I watched the secret, like how many years ago? That was like one of the first quote unquote personal development things I watched and I, or I read the book. Someone gave me the book Mm -hmm. and I've like, I was like, all right, like throw it on in the background while we're working, like do more, do more of the things that, you know, have worked in the past to try to like Mm -hmm. Rubik's cube your way back to whatever you need to. And I think that like, I find myself in a period that's like a little wonky, and so again, then you have to double down on all the things of like pouring back into yourself, being kind to yourself. You know, we can give everybody mm-hmm. else a pass and we give everybody else get grace, but we can't do it for ourselves. Like yeah. something I've really been, I guess, okay, going back to your question, a mantra. One thing I've been asking a lot lately is who is this serving? And I don't mean that in the sense of like service, like we talked about before, because I know that we are both yep. very much in that. I'm talking about when we do things for ourselves. like who is this serving? When I have that thought, when I walk by the mirror and I'm like, ugh, or whatever it is, like, who is this serving? Mm -hmm. Who is this thought pattern serving? What is that? What is clinging onto that thing? What is feeling this resentment doing? Like, who is this serving? And you're always going to be like, it's not serving me. It's not serving me. It's not serving me. So it's like, then why am I doing it? And then really doubling down and being like, I don't want to do that. And then flipping it. I actually just did, um, so I'm the clarity coach inside of one of my friend's collectives. And I just had to do a journal exercise where I I basically had them call themselves out when they do that. So whether it's the like judging themselves in the mirror and they had to write out a list of what they don't do anymore. And they had to put it as a finalized statement of, I don't judge how I look. I don't procrastinate. I don't like whatever it is, but that I don't is it's a flip. It's not an, I'm trying to stop judging myself. No, it's like a, no, I don't do this. And it's such a, it's this, I I don't need to go into like the neuroscience of it, but it will actually like start to rewire your brain. And the other thing that's coming up that I love kind of like, again, flipping the script. I do this a lot. is when you catch yourself doing that, doing those things, not only the, I like stating the, I don't statements, but then what would your best friend say? Someone who loves you dearly. What if it were them saying these things out loud to themselves and you heard them, what would you be saying to them? Cause I bet it's a hell of a lot nicer than what you're saying to yourself. Yeah. And we all do it though. So I think it's right. Like one, don't shame yourself for doing it. Yeah. I think that's it too. Yeah. So it's this constant, it's this constant, delicate ballet dance. The way I think of a lot of this work is the double Dutch, like 
jump ropes, you know, where there's two going at a time and you like lean in and you lean out and you lean in and you're like, when do I go? When do I not? Oh, I love that analogy. I've never thought of that. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's like a lot of this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're like, I didn't do that. It wasn't my thing. But like leaning in and leaning out. And I feel like that's sometimes how it is. Sometimes you're like really, really like, okay, okay. And then sometimes you're leaning out like, oh, I'm good. Like, and and then you're like back and forth and it's this just constant ebb and flow of, the voices and the narrative and how you're speaking. Because let's be honest, when you're at the tippity top and you're crushing it and you like just booked the thing and you just spoke at the thing and the whatever, and you're doing all the things, that voice isn't probably very loud. No, no, it might be loud in a couple of days when you start having contractures from being up so high, (laughs) which is something that no one really talks about. Or like, what's my next thing or what's whatever. And so I think that, it's just something to uh, awareness is so huge. And then just being able to, to stay in the work of it. I love this. Uh, the other like question that came up with this. So when you get in that comparison mode, do you do any of the more, I, they're not even a traditional tool, I guess, because social media hasn't been around that long, but like, do you go through and like mute people who are kind of putting you into that comparison mode at all? Oh, a thousand percent. I have so many people muted. I'm like, I can love you from afar. <laughs> yeah. I can love you from afar. So yeah. Anyone who's listening, this is permission. I don't care if it's your best friend, like they can go on mute. Like you don't have to unfollow someone, but you can mute their posts. If it's triggering, like one, still get curious about where the trigger's coming from, but don't put yourself in that. Yeah. I think a lot of times too, you can also use that. Like for me, I'm like, okay, why is triggering me. They have what I want. What are they doing? And then you can kind of reverse engineer the roadmap that way as well. Yeah. No, I love and that. that. And sometimes yeah, help all you, judgment and is that can really sometimes help you get, in disguise. Yeah. 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 Like, oh my God, you know what? I really, really want that stage. Like I, you know, I've been really working at this and whatever. And and the way you feel is super valid. But then also, you know, instead of just kind of laying there and like again going back to that, what was me? Okay, well then what can I do? I'm gonna go send 10 mail, 10 email pitches right now. Even if they go nowhere, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Or okay, well, I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna keep like just staring at this person's page that I want to be, but maybe okay, all right they did X, Y, and Z. So maybe let me see if I can go implement this. And I'm not saying there's a difference between like, you know how we talked about authentic self, your story. There's a difference between that and kind of looking at somebody's process and being like, oh, okay, let me kind of see how I could probably reverse engineer this for myself or like, oh, I realized that they did this stage and this stage. And I know that that's coming up in a few months. Maybe I could pitch myself for that. So I think a lot of times when you see these people that you really look up to or you want to emulate or you want to be more like, there's also a lot of clues, like success leaves clues. So if you're open enough to really explore that as well, then you'll probably figure out, okay, like I can do that too. And it might look different, um, but it'll be kind of in the same wheelhouse. Oh, I love that so much. And- I love how you positioned it as the like leaving clues. And I do think that's something that you'll be blind to if you're allowing judgment to clout your vision. But if you can step yeah. back enough to get curious, allow that to be a mirror, figure out like, what, like, again, like you said, like, why is it triggering me? What's underneath this? But then that will clear your vision up to look at where the clues are left. And exactly like you said, when you're reverse engineering, don't copycat them, 
but you can look at like, okay, what are some generalized steps? And then how can I make those steps my own? So I think that was so beautifully said. And I can also totally see how you've done that. Like circling back to like how we met, because like I said, like there's a reason I recognized your name and immediately knew your face. When I saw your journal, I was like, oh, like, I feel like I've known you for years because we have been in the same circles and there's just such like an energy. I'm like, well, I mean, we're like friends. It's fine. She just, we just actually haven't connected, but we're four friends. It's good. (laughs) Versus you are doing so incredibly well. And so a past version of me, like, honestly, I think I might know which powerhouse I stood up at because there's one that I definitely like had some time standing up asking questions and that version of me would have played the comparison and would have seen, especially with where you're at now, 100% would have been like judgy as all hell with like, Oh, yeah. well, she's speaking on stuff I want to do that. Oh, well she has a gratitude journal. Like I want to do that. Even though at this point, like I've, I've published a journal, but still like that mindset yeah. wouldn't have gone well. versus yeah. now. Like I can watch your page and be like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. And that, that's really the difference. And I think two things you, you just made me think of something. Cause I recently did, uh, we were in a, uh, like a week or whatever, where I talk a lot about analysis paralysis and, mm-hmm. you know, going back to that perfectionism and kind of going on this, we think that someone else has something that we don't have. And I talk about this using an email or like getting booked in something or, or getting on a stage or doing whatever or doing the podcast. Like we think that other people have all these other skill sets that we don't have. And sometimes their only skill set is they were able to literally not hover over the mouse and wonder if there's a period or a comma in here or wonder if it looks whatever. And they were just able to just press send. They were just able to press send. And because it was, they, they were able to do that again, like that bravery, they got yeah. the thing that we didn't get. It has nothing. It has nothing sometimes to do with skill set or credibility or knowledge or anything. It literally is just were you able to press send? And I do that a lot. Like when you were talking about, like, is anybody listening? Whatever. I do that with pitching and I do that with my own podcast. I do that with like posts. I literally post mm-hmm. and I say, fuck it. And I walk away or like, screw it. Yep. Post. <laughs> oh, screw it. Post. Um, because otherwise we'll sit there and we'll think about it all the different ways that it could go or whatever. It's just like, screw it, do it. And yeah. that is really, that's been really helpful for me. So I'm like, there's only so many times you could read something back then you just kind of do it. And it's like, whatever it's out there. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I, and I love that email analogy because it's so true. Like while you're overanalyzing something, someone else is taking action and getting the thing that you want that you're trying to pitch or send. And there's literally, and you might be way more qualified than them, but they were just able yeah. to be braver or 100%. more courageous. I that love moment. that. In fact, um, that brings up another post of yours that I had like written down and copied and it's yeah. the fear's greatest song is what if. Yeah. And it goes right hand in hand with that. I love that. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot with like, you're never going to regret sending the thing or doing the thing or messing up or the taking of the messy action. But what will eat you alive is when you lay down at night and you put your head on the pillow and you're like, oh, think of all the ways you didn't do it. Like that kind of regret eats you alive. You never, I've never put my head down on the pillow once and been like, wow, I really, I'm really regretful that I like, you know, sent it on that thing and it totally didn't work out or, you know, 
said whatever on that stage and it was so awkward, but I always regret and it always eats me alive when I don't say the thing or I don't do the thing or I don't send the thing because that's time you can't get back. You can't get that back. You could always learn more, acquire more knowledge, learn a new skill set, go like, you know, change your stage press. Like you could literally, there's so much knowledge and you could gain so much, but what you can't get back is time, the time wasted or the time that you didn't do the thing. Yeah, no, I, I love that so much. And I, I bet, I bet there are people listening into this right now that are like, but I do overly analyze like how I said things. I'm like, yeah. But to your point, you will far more regret never taking the action than you will ever overanalyze what you said. And I promise no one else is nearly as worried about how you said it. Like, promise. Like, no one else cares. It's just you worrying about that when you lay your head down. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like most people are just in their own in their own space, in their own mind. And that's, that happens all the mm-hmm. time, right? We think like someone's mad at us. We think something about something and they're like, no, I'm just like tired. And oh, you're yeah. like, oh, like, I, how often I think, do you think I, that when I, you're at the gym, everyone's watching you mess up a rep. No one's watching you. They're all watching themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I know the brain is a crazy thing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Maddie, thank you so much. This was you're so, so fun. This is awesome. I love yeah. this. Okay, final question. Oh yeah, okay. okay. I have one question that I ask everybody. I'm nervous. And because this is human on the daily and it's all sides of our humanness, what is like a fun fact about you that people may not know if they just follow along or hear your story? Like what's just something that makes Maddie Maddie? I would say music. So one thing about me is I went to school for music. I also was played saxophone my whole life. I was in the band. I played all the woodwinds and, oh, that's dope. you know, I went to school for music. And of course, well, it's such an interesting major where I minored in music business. And so music has always been a huge, huge part of my life. And, um, you know, it came really full circle with soul cycle and kind of like being my own DJ on the daily. And now I just use music, um, every day, like different theme songs, different things. So I would say, you know, being a band geek, can Rewind. You. theme songs. I love this idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, my theme song always like what gets me hype. Like if I'm going to walk on stage is, is confident by Demi Lovato. It's so good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's so, yeah, that's one good. of mine, you know? So, um, yeah, so I'd say from band geek to to the moon, you can go anywhere. I love that. I'm also a fellow band geek. I played flute all through college. <laughs> really I wanted to play the that. drums, but my mom said absolutely not. That would be too much noise, so she got me a flute instead. <laughs> She's like, "Here's a flute. <laughs> Good luck." Yep. <laughs> uh, love it. Thank you so much. Okay, I will put it in the show notes as well. But where can people find you? So I feel like the best place to find me is on Instagram at Mads Tugs, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. So my last name, well, my name before I got married was Chaconi. So fun fact, Madonna's last name is Chaconi. So Mad Chaconi, all the times I've wanted to buy my brand back now, they're pretty much taken. Uh, and Mads Tugs was a silly nickname from high school and now it's stuck and it's so much part of my right. brand. And so that's where you can find me on Instagram. And of course, madstads.com. You can tune in to episodes of the Wicked Fearless podcast. They come out twice a week, whether it's full length episodes, shorties or pep talks. 
So a lot of good stuff in there. And yeah, I feel like most of the time it goes down in the DM. I always tell everybody, if you got like a golden nugget from this episode, tag myself and Megan in it so we can connect with you because that is <laughs> why we do this. So yes. yeah, that's me. Oh, I love that so much. And yes, please share any, share any golden nuggets and tag both of us. Maddie, thank you so much. All right. Enjoy the rest of y'all day, y'all. High five for taking some time out of your day for yourself to listen to this episode. It is my hope that it makes you feel more seen and heard and understood because we are all human and being human is messy and imperfect and beautiful and you are beautiful. So if this resonated, it would mean the world to me if you shared it on social along with your biggest takeaway and then tag me at move on the daily and hum- at human dot on the daily. Thank you so much and see you next time. Thank you.